to First Time Lord. My name is Daniel Levain, and I had never seen a Doctor Who episode until I started the podcast, and now I can't stop. I won't stop. I will watch every single Doctor Who because I love it. And every week, I'm going to sit down and talk about an episode with a big Doctor Who fan or an expert that knows all things Doctor Who so that I can get the most out of this show. And today I have the best fan, the biggest fan, quite possibly the oldest fan I've had on the episode. And of course, rejoining me from last week, John Sobel. Thank you again for having me. I'm definitely the uh, the oldest fan you've had. I don't know if I'm the biggest or the best, but definitely the oldest. Uh, the and not by much. You're <laughs> you're certainly older than me. Not by much. Uh, so it, it's fun to finally have somebody that is my elder that I can look up to and ask all of the Doctor Who questions that I possibly have. And today we're going to talk about. The Long Game, which is episode seven in the first season of, I guess, the new Doctor Who. So if you have not seen the episode The Long Game, please pause the podcast now. Go watch the show. Come back and join us because I have a lot of thoughts about this episode and we're going to jump right into it. So immediately we are dropped off in the show starting in this satellite uh, not dissimilar to uh, a satellite that we've seen before, although this time it's only 200,000 years into the future, and we're dropped into what we are to believe is the fourth and bountiful human empire. Yes, the, the fourth and bountiful. I love how, I love how it's always said. Is, uh, it's such a tremendous uh, achievement that humanity has made. Uh, and yet, uh, like everything else, Doctor Who, it is not necessarily what we have thought it would be. This, yes, we we are once again dropped in the middle of uh, what is being told and what is are two completely different things, which I love. I love the unreliable narrator uh, storylines, and this is definitely one of those, um, but Right away, uh, very early in the episode, uh, we find out the the satellite is basically producing all of the news for the entire world, for the entire colonized human galaxy. And one of the channels is the Bad Wolf Channel. And not only the Bad Wolf Channel, but if I remember correctly, the face of Bo makes an appearance in that as well. The face of Bo makes an appearance. So we're starting to see the the fabric of the show interweave on itself. We have the face of Bo from episode two. We have Bad Wolf, which we've been hearing a lot about. Nothing else to talk about in Bad Wolf, I'm assuming? Uh, My silence speaks volumes. There we go. All right. Well, we'll keep trucking along because, uh, gosh, I really want to know what Bad Wolf is. Um, but we we start this episode and immediately the first thing I say out loud as I'm watching this episode is Simon Pegg. <laughs> I know that guy. Yes. It's one of, one of the uh, true... Uh, things about this episode that I truly love. And this is not necessarily one of my favorite episodes, but 
there's definite inf- stuff in here that I really like. And obviously Simon Pegg being like number one and maybe mm-hmm. number two. He was so fun in this show. I, again, the, every time there's a character in the show, last week we had the, the guy that invented the internet. Uh, this week, Simon Pegg is committed to this ridiculous character in such a way that I, I never felt like he was disingenuine. Uh, and other than that initial, like, oh my gosh, it's Simon Pegg. I, I bought into his character immediately. Like he was wonderful in this. No, he was the editor. As much as he looked like Simon Pegg, there was no typical uh, Simon Pegg mannerisms. He was exactly the yes. He he definitely acted in this, and he was the editor. Which uh, I love the 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 notion uh, of an entire satellite that produces all the world's knowledge, all the world's news. Uh, which of course is rife for meddling, um, and Ooh. haven't heard about uh, that ever. Right, like it, it, it's maybe there's something in the back of our head. Um, but before we get there, <laughs> so we have Adam, and we talked about him last week, and th- immediately he's out there with Rose, and I, I'm sniffing. There's something not good about this guy. And the moment she hands him the phone and then she hands him the keys to the TARDIS. And I'm thinking like, Rose, what has happened to you? Because those, both, those, both of those things just seem like the wrong decision. I, I understood the phone. I really did. I understood the whole phone. You know, you, you and you're on in uh, the year 200,000, so far away from home. And yet we have this super phone that I can call from where I was uh, and leave Mm -hmm. a message to my parents saying, hey, I'm alive and I'm okay," and just wanted to touch base just so you can hear a voice. Um, It is a very powerful tool. And I could see why Rose gave that because she was able to get that very early on uh, in her second episode. So this is his second episode. So I understand that. The key was another story altogether. That was just a very bad move. That just seems like you're entrusted with the keys to this device that can take you across time and space. And you just flirted with this guy seemingly a couple of hours ago. And now you're giving him the keys to the damn spaceship? Like. You know, and yes, I understand you know, the the phone is a sort of sympathy thing, which is very much within Rose's character to be empathetic. Uh, she had that homesickness; she wanted to extend that to him, uh, but then not to ask for the phone back to just be like, "Sure, you can hold on to my amazing, you know, time traveling uh, phone that can make calls out of metal bunkers and across time." Go ahead and keep that. And while you're at it, here's the keys to the thing that brought us here. Uh, go nuts. Like, it, that just seemed like bad decision it making. Was, it was definitely not uh, Rose on her best behavior. But, of course, as you, you know, she said right away from the very beginning, um, they, you know, I love the, the setup right when the, the, uh, before the credits. They come out and it's uh, Rose and the doctor come out and the doctor tells Rose everything about it. So then she opens the door and he wanted to see the stars. So mm-hmm. uh, Adam wanted to see the stars. So she comes out and does this whole uh, thing. Like she knows everything that's going on with the traveling, even though she's just as lost as 
uh, as he is uh, mm-hmm. and, and gives this big speech like she knows everything and then takes him to see Earth and uh, she doesn't know what to say. Oh, I'll let the doctor explain from here. <laughs> and, uh, I'll explain it from here yeah. he'll, or he'll, he'll, he'll take it from He'll take here. it over and then he faints from seeing it. <laughs> you want to see the stars and hear the stars and he faints and the doctor says, that's your boyfriend and she's like, not anymore. <laughs> and it's just it was just so perfect it was like well it's you know this is the guy that you wanted to bring along and this is what we're now we're going to be dealing with this for the for the rest of this uh while we're here oh my gosh yeah that that was so funny uh in such a, a wonderful way of sort of showing more of the doctor and the rose relationship in Absolutely. this situation uh because yeah technically this is rose's uh second time ever being in space Yes, and uh, both the times, first time, and both times, so much in the future, right? Very, very far in the future, and in these uh, space stations that she keeps getting into. Yes, well, better in so, a space station than outside of it. Right, right. So, uh, very, very early on in the episode, we we get the whim that there is something not right with what's happening, uh, and uh, as is always the case, the doctor very quickly discerns or or explains to us the viewers that something's not right that he senses that there's something not right and in this case it's uh you know what we could have all assumed you know living in 2020 watching this episode it's almost like a dumb moment when they're like what they're they're messing with the news no you could do that. You could you could sow chaos and disorder and and manipulate people by just manipulating what they see in their social media and their television news. That that seems like a foreign concept. Well, in two thousand and five, it really you know it was happening as we've learned, but mm-hmm. it was a foreign concept and. Uh, there weren't the 800 news channels that are all for everybody, whatever channel you you're politically affiliated with mm-hmm. and, or, uh, uh, well, uh Facebook didn't right. exist and MySpace were, you know, both of these things were in infancy, if not even non-existent at that point. Exactly. So it's just this whole point of not understanding targeted messages. Right. So, uh, it, so very prophetic and very interesting that a show in 2005 was basically warning us of our future in a way on something as uh, as dangerous as uh they, they mention it the editor mentions it you know a few things and we can make people vote how we want them to a few changes and we can make people uh be scared of the right things just to keep other people at bay, you know, it, holy cripes was, you know, what's his name? Davies just so dead on. Again, I, I, you know, almost like where they talk about where the, uh, uh, Mac Roenig of the Simpsons is, uh, is a time traveler and gone in time. <laughs> it's almost somewhat like, uh, Matt Davies is too, that he's, he's learned a lot of what has happened in the future and brought it, brought it back before we, you know, to, to give us the warning ahead of time. Well, and, there was uh, no notice of, you know, no one knew of that kind of thing. We knew there was some political, you know, challenges out there, but nothing of this nature. And it, 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 you could see in the episode, it was definitely playing 
to, you know, the, the there have been and there have always been conspiracy theories about rich and powerful people sort of controlling the world. Uh, and ostensibly, that's what uh, the editor, Simon Pegg's um, character sort of alludes to, is that there was this global consortium of, of super powerful or super rich people that ended up sort of creating the the, the conditions for this uh, alien thing to take over the satellite and 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 so the discord that it did um but it just it, it felt very on brand for the year that we've been having for the last few years that we've been having to have a show back in 2000 sort of unknowingly lampoon and sort of almost call out exactly what has happened and that for us the people that i mean i i did not see the show in 2005 but plenty of people did for that not to have sort of rung out as some sort of warning to not let social media and uh you know to to a greater extent some of these uh news stations as you alluded to that sort of cater to specific political views to become so prevalent in a future in which it it now becomes the thing we are fighting against you know it's almost like 2020 we are fighting against that little pimple guy with all the teeth (laughs) yes uh one of the uh the interesting uh villain of the of the episode yeah what what did, did we ever get his name uh, Max, it was, uh, we did. And I'm searching cause I wrote it down and, uh, I can't even read my writing on this. So. Oh yeah. The, the mighty geographers, geographers yeah. yeah, jog- the holy something. I mean, I'll, I'll let Simon Pegg tell it for us there because it's so convoluted, but the mighty geographers of the holy hundred, I call him Max. Are there more of his race? Are we going to see more of Max this, this, in the future? Uh, similar to last episode, kind of a they're kind of one-off episodes. This a is pretty much a one-off episode for this particular villain. Oh, excellent! Thank God, the, it's a little <laughs> crazy, but it 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 definitely falls in the line of like i i had a hard time sort of trying to figure out what they were trying to do in this episode at first because there's a lot of setup that goes into getting us into the satellite and the to to show us that once again the doctor took us to a time but he's not exactly sure and right about the time and what's happening because uh, there's that whole scene in the the weird marketplace uh, and the whole exchange with, you know, oh, and the food is amazing. Yeah. And then human, seem to human be culture at its peak with fine manners and cuisine. Right. right. And then they get trampled by these punk looking people and, you know, a scene right out of uh, the fifth element. Right. <laughs> you know, that and with that, that whole thing felt very much of... Uh, remnant of the 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 fifth element sequences with a very chaotic uh you know lots of action lots of people moving past back and forth um and then there's the there's the whole side story of adam and what is he trying to accomplish i mean other than basically 
doing the Marty McFly thing, and go, but instead of stealing the time almanac, he's trying to steal the information for superconductors and microprocessors. And he's basically trying to find a way to make himself the uh, the leader of the world through through power and money. Yeah, like it's, inventing, it's, inventing all the things first. It seemed, you know, like almost immediately I had a bad feeling about him. And then as the episode progressed, I just kept watching him going, well, of course, that's what he's going to do. And of course, that's what he's going to, you know, try to take advantage of the fact that he's in the future and basically try to download to himself all this information so that he can monetize it. And I'm like, way to go, Biff. Yeah. When you when you said last week he felt like a red shirt, I was like, oh my god, that's uh, you know, if you only knew because you hadn't I, seen I, the episode yet, so it's like, okay, <laughs> it, it it just something about it felt like I've seen this in 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 other star you know in other sci fi type things where this guy is either going to be an intricate part of the show or he's going to somehow become a foil in something of a cautionary tale. And by the end of this episode, I was like, of course this dirt bag. Uh, and you know, not nothing against the actor. I thought he was great, but you know, I kind of like Rose and Nikki. Like I didn't like Rose and Adam. Like it just didn't feel right. And even when, when he, you know, the doctor says your boyfriend and she goes not anymore i was like really like you were even considering it he's a jerk like why you got mickey at home like stay with mickey yes it's definitely a uh uh why don't why are we even playing these games you have the doctor you have mickey it's enough let's just figure out what what's going on in the world and just have some fun instead of trying to keep on let's see who else we can Bring along in this adventure. Right. And, and I don't know. I, I've always talked about how um, strong a character I think Rose is. And in this episode, it, it, I kind of felt like she was a little weakened by the fact that, you know, she's so desperate to make a good impression on this guy. And I'm like, why? You don't need this guy. You're better than this guy. You have a, a very sweet and, uh, you know, maybe not quite ready for time travel, but very sweet guy at home. Why are you even interested in this dude? Why? Like, I, I felt like Rose kind of took a little step back. Um, she, you know, she does, uh, she does a lot in this episode, especially towards the end to sort of get, uh, get us, get us home. Uh, and certainly has a, a wonderful comeback towards, uh, Adam at the end. But, uh, you know, I was like, ah, uh, I, not, not my favorite episode so far for Rose. No, it's certainly. And in general, this was not like I was saying before of, of, I think this is my least favorite of the entire, uh, season. Uh, but there are, there's definite parts of here that are so important to the telling of, of Rose and the doctor, um, and that's, you know, further on in the episode uh, about, you know, when they when they get captured and when it's uh, the fact that uh, Rose is the one who escapes first and then has to help out the doctor versus the other way around. So that's a yeah, that's such that, a minor little part, but it, it definitely is. I mean, it definitely could be told the other way. But the fact that they told it that way, I think they were trying to they realized as they were writing the episode, this is not a great moment for Rose. So let's pump her up a little bit here 
Let's give her, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Like I said, towards the end, she kind of redeems herself and she's back to that saucy, uh, strong and independent girl that she is. Uh, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time she's ever used the sonic screwdriver, right? Perhaps, yes, first time. Yeah. So because she, she had asked, how do I work it? And just flip, mm-hmm. just flip the using, switch. Using that to, to help him, to help the doctor uh, get out of the situation. But um, I really liked the idea uh, in this show um, that the editor uh, is using basically what the doctor t- describes as these dead people, in essence, brain dead people. Uh, to carry out the surveillance portion of the the nefarious plan, right? It, he's surveilling everybody in the satellite, keeping knowledge of everybody so that he can control everybody. Um, and that anytime anybody sort of gets out of line, the way they're controlled is they're told, oh, you have a promotion. Exactly. And you're promoted, <laughs> so let's move you up. And it's almost... Like, you know, people are getting promoted to a position where they can't do any more harm. Right. You know, very, and again, very sort of uh, a very interesting position in 2005 to sort of use the idea of a promotion as a means of control, as a means of subjugation, which very much, I mean, we see, uh, I forget the character's name, Sui, 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 Suiku. Uh, Suki, Suki, Suki. I, I as a, as terrible as I am with names, I'm pretty surprised I got that close to it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we see it with see it with Suki. Um, but she does turn out to be like this freedom fighter, uh, sort of showing that there is at least a level of dissension that is being monitored and kept, and that there is a a small. Uh, in, in, in implied small group of people that is actively trying to prove that the information that is being disseminated uh, throughout the universe is somewhat stilted or skewed uh, or edited um, for nefarious means. Uh, is this a, a group that we're going to see more of or is it once um, again just the one-off? This is... Uh, this is, if I remember correctly, it's just a one-off. Like I said, I went ever since uh, last week when you announced uh, a few weeks ago what you were doing this. I'm only been watching one episode at a time, and then waiting mm-hmm. to hear you talk about that episode. So, and with your with your guests, so I have not gone beyond this episode in recent, you know, in a long time. Um, so I'm only I'm only just slowly watching it one week at a time, just like you are. Yeah, so I don't remember them coming up again, but that's that what part wasn't necessarily important. I think the the fun part of that was as a watcher, as a viewer of the show, was that they found a uh, person who was not supposed to be there, uh, and you know, someone double check it, triple check it, quadruple check it, and, and mm-hmm. the doctor and Rose and Adam are all in the room, but because they're from a different time. Uh, and almost if you want to use the Marvel, uh, they may even be from a different dimension um, mm-hmm. because of the way they time travel and everything changes, um, that it's completely different, that the only person that they actually find is the freedom fighter Suki uh, instead of uh, the true intruders of the, you know, in there, in the room. I, I did I did like the the idea that even though Rose is human, 
that in theory there would be some sort of record, but it's so far in the future that she doesn't show up at all, uh, almost as if she's never existed in in history. Because my assumption, of course, uh, in the year 200,000, all of the information is funneled through a satellite that would maybe I would assume that all of the databases of births and deaths would have been uploaded into that system and that they would have somehow found her. Uh, So I like the idea that she did not exist just like the doctor did not exist um, because they're so far in the future that may, maybe they were from a, a, a different dimension and in that dimension, because Rose left, she didn't exist in that future. It's definitely possible. It's a theory that I've that I've stuck with for a while. That every time he travels, it is not the same, uh, you know, place that he left, because there's so much that changes. And just like you know, going going back again to the to the Marvel or any of the with multiverses, uh, where every change is quite possibly a new a new uh, existence. If you decide yeah. to eat turkey versus chicken, now that that you know, there's two different universes: one that had turkey and one that had chicken, and you know, and going on infinitum. Yeah, I, and I I do like how this show has sort of played that idea of time travel, that is not a linear idea, because uh, that a lot of time and effort has been spent by a lot of members of the nerd community to dissect time travel movies and how they you know plot wise fall apart and i thought it was very smart of the show in general to very early on sort of set up those parameters that time is not the linear line that you consider it to be and the time can bend and be shapen and and thus it creates this idea that you know you can travel through time and you can alter certain things without it being a, catastrophic. a big giant catastrophic right uh the, the the butterfly effect that we've seen in so many other movies um so i i enjoy that aspect of it um and particularly in this episode it was it was interesting for the the editor to have this very nagging things like i i know everything and i don't know who you are so please tell me uh, almost as if there's like uh a, a, a festering needle or you know uh something in the back of his head that is just like i i have to un- i have to answer everything in my head because i have to know everything in my head and right. I don't know who you are, and it's driving me crazy. And clearly, um, and clearly, he has a you know some sort of one of the chips in his head because mm-hmm. uh, at that point, uh, as he's saying, "I don't know you. Who are you?" Uh, and then Adam opens up his uh, port to get the information to try to make himself rich in the in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, his and, his new head port, right? And he gets all that information, and all of a sudden, now he knows. Oh, the Time Lord, the last Time Lord, and it's a a bigger deal because obviously Time Lords are known in the year 200,000. 200,000, uh, which again, I I appreciate the, the, this episode to me was very much about the world building and not necessarily about what was happening. Oh, uh, 100%. Uh, 
And the world building was fantastic because, yeah, there was so much implication about, oh, and, and you're the last and the time wars. And, you know, he, he started almost realizing what he's doing, which is, you know, goading him into uh, an emotional response again, uh, as we've seen other characters that have known about the 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 past of the doctor be able to do um so again simon Pegg is like you said he is pretty much the episode um it's sad that he had to share it with the the weird toothy pimple blob blob of meat with teeth blob, blob yeah. of meat as i've read i've read on the internet someone said well they just kind of they, they pictured it as a big blob of meat on the ceiling right and that that was another interesting decision because Again, they're in space. They could have, you know, sort of done a whole lot of other things with it. The idea that he's like stuck to the ceiling and only like bits of him can kind of drip down and, and react. Uh, very interesting character design from that perspective. Uh, and an interesting sort of conceit that he, because he's uh, so old, that his metabolism would be so heightened. Uh, which, of course, you know, nerd question. The doctor is really old. Why is his metabolism not heightened? Uh, I think it's his, his physiology. You know, does that is, it, does the two hearts not play into it? Is that oh. why he's able to aerate his blood and thus cool off faster? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's just that the body itself. I know mean, he's not in that huge body that is uh, uh, unable to control anything but needing to be absolutely cold to be able to control uh he's in a humanoid body body and that's yeah. where they are so they can control their you know they can they can sweat yeah i, I again I, I love character design that has um or you know, again world building where you create these characters that can sort of captivate your uh your imagination and the idea that there's this blob that has no eyes or at least discernible eyes um, that is able to process all of the world's information and discern exactly how and when to, uh, to, to alter it, to be able to manipulate everything. So in essence, Max is the, uh, the, the super Russian of the future. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you know the 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 culmination of the those uh russian uh hackers you know he's the true hacker he's like sitting in a chair so long that he's just lost all shape he becomes like the f- fat blob from wally and then, to say that, yeah. <laughs> and then just keeps going in like the worst possible version of that uh of that universe into the thing that we see the doctor face off of um, but not a particularly dangerous villain to the doctor at that moment, but certainly a, a, a dangerous villain for humanity as we see it. So once again, in, in his heroism, the doctor helping out humanity, uh, even in the future. Uh, so he, is there something that ties him to earth and to humanity? Nothing that I can find out nothing in the show that they talked about it definitely not in the reading it was just uh the controlling you know uh earth uh for 91 years controlling earth and controlling uh the population uh for all we know that that 
uh, that Max is part of a group that could also have knowledge, you know, that transcends transcends time and needs mm. to be able to control that to control the, the human people at that point. We don't know. And we're never going to find out. And I, 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 it was almost a throwaway moment, but the doctor, uh, points out that there are no aliens in this station, uh, and seemingly no aliens anywhere near earth. Uh, and, you know, it, it, in the show, it's played as that sort of moment where he is opening the eyes of one of the people in the platform. Um, but it it felt uh, a little bit important since in a lot of the other shows, we have seen plenty of alien species. We have seen plenty of uh, aliens representations uh, sort of fill out that world. So, you know, yet another comment to uh, last week, uh, you know, we, you, you mentioned how the Dalek uh, was uh, a, an agent of uh, subjugation of entire races and wiping out entire races. And here, th- just through misinformation, this alien is able to keep away the aliens from Earth. Yeah, exactly, and they just, whatever the whatever they did to control the um, to control the news and to control it kept uh, Earth history down, so that they weren't the heat the the height of uh, manners and food and, and knowledge and dealing with other races that they would all be together that it's completely separate. Yeah, it it, it felt it, in a way that I. I I didn't really realize as I was watching it and only as I was thinking about it in preparation for the podcast, it, it felt very wrong, you know, for, for an episode of Dr. Who to not have those aliens felt very wrong. And when the doctor drew attention to it, it kind of put a little ping in my heart, like, Oh my gosh, this is, yeah. Why are there no aliens here? Uh, so clearly, it was all through the manipulation, but, uh, you know, it, again, it, it goes, at least in my, in my eyes, the, the, the construction of the show and the, the purpose of the show, uh, as is in most cases when it comes to sci-fi is to kind of hold up a mirror to the society that we live in and reflect something back that is a little more heightened. And at the same time, uh, it can hopefully, uh, enlightened us a little bit. And this show certainly did that. This show certainly evoked and pinged at my, my current emotional state, uh, and in the current world that we live in and sort of lit up that, that part of my brain that says, Holy crap, this is how, this is how you do it. This is how you create art that is meaningful and impactful. Even, 15 years later. Yes, exactly. And I think that one of the best things about this episode, at least for the production portion of it, that is Doctor Who and not the world that we were watching, was that the costume people uh, looked at the script and went, hey, no aliens to build. This is going to save us a ton of money. <laughs> 
Well, it, it we we joked uh, with Jamie a couple of weeks ago that you know the the pig costume was basically something that somebody had in the back of their car, right? Uh, so this was th- th- maybe this was a situation where it's like, uh, Bob, were you supposed to bring the alien costumes? Crap, I forgot. All right, we'll just uh, we'll write it in that uh, they, they've just diverted all the aliens. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll figure it out. Let's let's. Uh, we don't have the alien costumes today. Let's deal with it another time. <laughs> right, plenty like, of time. We 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 got locked out of the trailer. We can't get in there. Okay, well, so th- this time no aliens. It'll just be right. humans and uh, just go and go raid the Fifth Element trailer, and we'll get all those costumes. Right, and then we'll just uh, deal with the uh, CGI for the big bad, and that's it. So uh, I think I know the answer because there wasn't really much in this episode. But is there anything that I missed that I should have paid attention? Not, not that, that that'll help you along the way. This was, a, you know, these these two episodes, the episode last week and this week were, you know, both kind of really one-offs. They just want mm-hmm. to keep, they kept the Bad Wolf information in there. So you remember, you keep remembering, hey, Bad Wolf, we've been talking about this a lot. It's clearly something that we need to remember. Uh, but beyond that, um, not too much. Uh, we get to, uh, uh, I love, I like the way that Kathika, uh, mm-hmm. was the one who uh, was all upset because Suki had gotten the promotion because they obviously didn't know what was on floor 500 and you know, the walls <laughs> lined of, they thought walls lined of gold and it was the greatest thing in the world. And uh, once she gets up there and, and the doctor oversees her and speaks very loudly of how to defeat uh, the, the big bad Max mm-hmm. uh, and she's the one who actually does it. And so it's, uh, truly not the doctor who uh, saves the day, but it's another member of humanity. And and, and that I, as she is doing it, she's like, they should have promoted me a long time ago. Almost holding on to the idea that I am good enough to have done this from the get-go. Right. Even if it would have turned me bad. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it just goes again to sort of play to that idea that uh, – the, that particular group of people were so easily misled by something that is, you know, it, it plays to the the Britishism of uh, the class, you know, distinctions in in Britain uh, that have been long since discussed and cataloged, uh, and in the future they're just represented not so much by class but by the job position that you have, uh, but. Uh, I mentioned it in um, several episodes back. I think it was episode two where, you know, the, there's still a, a clear definition and clear uh, division between the characters that have power, the characters that do not, the characters that are servants and thus are lower uh, status and the characters that are upper status. Uh, and it's very interesting to see that, and how it gets played out in every episode, uh, because that, like, like I said, that's a very British thing to do. Uh, and Davies sort of very, he squirrels it away in, in the subtext of the show. Yes, exactly. And that even, uh, um, where, uh, Rose is a member of that lower class. So it helps by having a, you know, it's just being a shop girl, uh, so it helps mm-hmm. having this person with you so that we get to talk to all members. You don't just talk to the high and mighty, but you talk to the 
the low level and that way you get to the, the whole story and not just part of it. That's part of what you know, makes Doctor Who so special is that you don't, you know, there's some times where there is no uh, one way or the other. There, there's, there, it's either the highway or the byway. There's, that there's multiple uh, answers and you get that mm-hmm. a lot with Doctor Who because you have, you have different, uh, you talk to many classes of people as the British would say. Well, and that's one of the things that I love and appreciate about the show. And uh, I, I've certainly loved and appreciated having you to discuss it. Well, I thank you uh, again for having me and I'd love to do this again. We'll, we'll set up another time. In the meantime, I'm gonna, uh, hey, we're going to be done here. I'm going to go watch uh, uh, Father's Day, which is oh, the next I- episode. I I am very much looking forward to that, but uh, thank you so much for stopping by, and thank you, the listener, for making it to the end of the show. If you want to support the show, please stop on by firsttimelore.com. That's where you can find all of our past episodes. You can comment on past episodes. So if there's something we talk about that you didn't think we did it justice or something that you feel we should have spend more time talking about, please drop those comments on the website. Uh, Also on the website, you can click on the support us link and that will take you to my Patreon page, or you can search for me on Patreon by searching for Daniel Levain and just $5 will get you these episodes much earlier than the normal release date. And if you get into some of the higher tiers, you can get some extras, uh, things that get cut out of the episode for time, or just some uh, interesting bloopers that happen along the way. So uh, stop on by and any support is greatly appreciated. But once again, this has been Daniel, and I can't thank you enough for being a listener. And I guess, um, like John, I got to go watch some more Doctor Who. Doctor Who.